Good afternoon, Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry Podcast, 23 December 2022. That's right, only two more days left till Christmas. I'm going to do a lecture on immunoepigenetics this evening. Uh, we're about finished with the ethanol lectures, and we still have a, at least two more lectures I have written for the epistemology metaphysics that I was discussing a few nights ago. So you'll get all of those uh, between now and New Year's. So this will be immunoepigenetics lecture eight by my reckoning. Now you'll recall that CD8 positive T cells and CD4 positive T cells, two major T lymphocytic populations, the major ones, except for Tregs and a few others, and actually Tregs come from CD4. Um, both of those relatively undifferentiated T cells, only with the surface marker CD8 or CD4, in the presence of the cytokine interleukin 12, will demonstrate an increase in the expression of the transcription factor Tbet. Now, Tbet, as well as the uh, co-important transcription factor for CDA-positive T cells called BLIMP1, will generate a cytotoxic T cell. Cytotoxic T cells will generate and will also be further activated by interferon gamma, and that will stimulate Th1 inflammation. And some of the characterization of that is the cytokine CXCL9 and CXCL10 plus the receptor CXCR3 and all of its ligands. And it's all coming from cytotoxic T cell stimulation with interferon gamma. Now, the CD4 positive T cell in the um, presence of increasing serum concentrations of IL-12 will also increase the expression of Tbet transcription factor, and that will become the dominant transcription factor. <clears throat> in that system, you're going to generate Th1 cells. Th1 cells in the presence of interferon gamma and by also secreting interferon gamma, thus supporting their own activation, will induce Th1 level inflammation again with those same cytokines and ligands that we just talked about. A cytokine receptor, a cytokine receptor, a cytokine ligands. Now, CD4 positive T cell can also differentiate with a BCL6 plus a Tbet transcription factor in the presence of interleukin-12 and interleukin-6, both, both being rather potent pro-inflammatory cytokines in their own right, that will generate a T follicular cell. <coughs> in fact, a T follicular helper cell. Now, T follicular helper cells are a specialized subset of CD4 positive. And you find them, or they were first described, but you find them in the human tonsil. What they do is play a protective role in helping B cells produce antibody against specific foreign antigens. So T follicular helper cells are actually located in the secondary lymphoid organs, like the tonsils. But you also find them, of course, therefore, in the spleen, 
and in various lymph nodes. So the T follicular helper cells, when they have two transcription factors, BCL6 and Tbap, will then generate interleukin-21 and interferon gamma once again, which will take a germinal, germinal cell, B cell, and transform it into a B cell generating IgG2A. Now that will be because of the expression of a transcription factor in that B cell, which is the same one we found in the T follicular cell, one of them anyway, BL6. Now, further differentiation of that circulating B cell generating the IgG2A will turn into a plasma cell, and that IgG will then be released or secreted. During the differentiation, early differentiation stage, the IgG2 is actually found on the surface of that B cell. So you went from a B cell to a plasma cell. The only difference between that two. Well, there's a couple things. One is the plasma cell will then have as transcription factors the BLIMP1 and the TBAT, similar kite to the two T cells, right? All right. Now, TH17 cells have as their canonical transcription factor ROR gamma T. ROR gamma T will, will uh, be induced to express Tbet as a uh, subsequent transcription factor in the presence of interleukin-12. Then you'll generate a mature Th17 cell, which, uh, which will then generate interleukin-17 and also interferon gamma, which will participate in the activation of Th1 lymphocytes and generate that pro-inflammation response with the given cytokines and chemokines, ligands, et cetera, and receptors we've been just mentioning. Finally, T-regulatory cells will normally have FOXP3 as their transcription factor, but in the presence of interleukin-27, will also generate, via transcription using the FOXP3, Tbet. Now that T-regulatory cell, when it's functioning, particularly in the periphery, will block the Th1 inflammatory response. Remember, T regulatory cells dampen the immune response. Okay, So that's just a brief overview of just a couple of important lymphocytic lineages. Now we can go into the papers. Wow. Paper published back in 2014 was talking about the immune system of newborns. And it points out that newborn immune responses are distinct from older and older young children, adolescents, and adults. So there's a difference between the immune responses, starting from neonates going all the way to adulthood in humans. But the immaturity in the newborns has to do with an increased susceptibility to intracellular pathogens. Also newborns respond very poorly to vaccinations. Yes. So inherent T-cell defects seem to contribute to that immature immunology that you find in newborn infants. Now those defects, a term you could use if you want, is probably associated with a couple of things. One is impaired 
tyrosine phosphorylation. You know, tyrosine phosphorylation, very important. Uh, receptor tyrosine kinase are very important in activating uh, the immune system, both innate immune cells and acquired immune cells like TMB lymphocytes. The second thing that the innate um, newborn immune response has issue with is the generation of gamma interferon. So both innate immune cells in the neonate and uh, lymphocytes in the neonate are hypermethylated at the promoter region for interferon gamma. So there's suppression of that gene. Now, many factors influence the ratio of Th1 to Th2, which is also imbalanced in newborns. So we just went through some of the different cytokines that are involved. So the cytokines are interleukin 12 and interleukin 4, we just mentioned, act through a signal transducer and activator transcription, isoform 4, that's STAT4, and also a STAT6, respectively. So that's interleukin 12 versus interleukin 4. And those become key determinants to generate mature Th1 or Th2 cells. Okay, so interleukin-12, let's talk about, is a heterodimeric cytokine produced primarily by activated inflammatory cells. So here's all the immune, uh, the innate immune cells, monocytes, macrophages, neutrophils, uh, resident macrophages in the central nervous system, the microglia, as well as circulating dendritic cells, all make IL-12. And it's actually formed by a 35 kilodalton light chain, known, of course, as P35, and a 40 kilodalton heavy chain, P40. It is a pro-inflammatory cytokine, IL-12, that induces the production directly of interferon gamma, favoring the differentiation of Th1 cells, as we just described a few moments ago, while establishing a biochemical link directly between the innate immune response, because the innate immune cells are generating the interferon, right, and adaptive immunity. Now, the P40 subunit of interleukin-12 is actually shared by another cytokine called interleukin-23. Interleukin-23 is similar, but actually has distinct biological potency as compared to interleukin-12. So, interleukin-12P40 is produced in large excess over interleukin-12 heterodimer, and each gene encoding interleukin-12 is located on a different chromosome. So you get a highly coordinated expression of P40 and P35 so that you get the fully competent active interleukin-12 which can also be called interleuk, uh, excuse me, P70 because of its molecular mass, right? Now, in the same cell type, at the same time, it's essential for the initiation of an effective immune response. So you need both P53 and P40 to make P70, which is mature interleukin-12. So in the absence of interleukin-12 P53, what happens? Well, P40 is still a glycoprotein. It gets secreted as a monomer or sometimes as a homodimer of itself. 
whereas P53 does not get secreted unless it's associated with P40. So interleukin-12 has a central role in Th1 responses. While interleukin-12 suppresses interleukin-4-induced IgE production as normally caused by human mononuclear cells. Those are the PBMCs. Now that suggests, that one fact in the literature suggests, that interleukin-12, through its capacity of inducing Th1 cells, which we said, might be capable of down-regulating some of the pro-inflammatory, sometimes pathological responses that are generated by Th2. Remember, the cytotoxic T cells are a product of that, okay? So this is something that's in the literature. Now, in addition to all that, decreased level of interleukin-12 inhibits maternal Th1 activity, which in turn protects the fetus during pregnancy. So we can say interleukin-2, interleukin-12, and interferon gamma are actually very rarely found in the fetoplacental interactome. And that will tend to bias your early life immune responses toward a Th2 lymphocytic phenotype. Now, there's a lot of evidence that suggests <coughs> that you have a bioactive interleukin 12 P35 transcript. And of course, you know that's critical for the bioactive interleukin 12 fully mature P70. So, What's the regulation of interleukin-12 P35 transcription? That's a question. Now recall that the nuclear factor kappa light chain enhancer of activated B cells, that's NF-kappa-B, will activate in the presence of microbial antigens via toll-like receptors like TL4 that we just went through. Therefore, LPS will, will be a good inducer of this system. A mid-88 response. Then you'll generate NF-kappa-B via that mid-88 dependent response. And the NF-kappa-B stimulates the transcription of interleukin-12 P35 and P40. And then you'll get some small secretion of, some lower molar concentration of interleukin-12. And interleukin-12 then will stimulate NK cells to produce more interferon gamma, something I talked about now. It's been about five minutes ago, okay? Now, together with interferon gamma and LPS, you'll get an activation of the SP1, now, that's going to be a very important transcription factor we're going to get into. So you're going to get an activation of SP1, and it's going to bind to the P35 promoter as part of a selective retailering of only those nucleosomes that are found between minus 310 and minus 160 associated with that genomic region. Okay? So together with the innate and the adaptive immune responses, you stimulate synergistically the production of IL-12, which is going to be a much more potent Th1 lineage, right? And that will sustain an inflammatory response 
and cell-mediated immunity against pathogens, which we told you in the newborn is deficient. And I just explained to you why. Because of transcriptional control and cytokine-mediated responses to induce the transcription of the appropriate transcription factors. Okay? And, of course, interferon gamma uh, plays a major role, as does NF-kappa-B. Now, it is hypothesized. Now, this is, a, this is an important issue that we need to get into, okay? That the immaturity of the mononuclear cell compartment actually contributed to the impaired T-cell responses in newborns. So by looking at dendritic cells, which of course are going to be professional antigen-presenting cells, as well as cells that are intimately involved in activating T lymphocytes, by analyzing dendritic cells generated from adherent cord blood mononuclear cells cultured in the presence of uh, GM-CSF, this colony-stimulating factor, and cytokine interleukin-4, you get a synthesis of the bioactive dimeric form, IL-12P70. Now, you know that, that we already told you that it's profoundly deficient in newborn dendritic, in newborn circulation, and as it turns out, in newborn dendritic cells. Okay? So the production of IL-12P40 is activated by professional antigen-presenting cells and is generally in greater excess than the P35, making P35 the rate-limiting step for the formation of the completely bioactive and potent interleukin-12P70. So interleukin-12P35 gene expression is highly repressed in stimulated neonatal dendritic cells, which accounts for the phenotype, whereas the interleukin-12P40 gene expression is not. Okay, it's not repressed in stimulated neonatal dendritic cells. So now enter another component. A recent study showed that the SP1 binding site, that's another transcription factor, very important one, is located in a positioned nucleosome that they call NUC2. And that nucleosome is selectively and rapidly retailored. Now, whenever you hear that, you know you're going to be talking about the potential for epigenetic responses upon activation of the P35 gene. Now, the molecular mechanism responsible for the prior deficiency of the IL-12P53 gene expression in neonatal dendritic cells is due to some impairment of nucleosome 2 retailering in the neonatal dendritic cells in response to stimulation via lipopolysaccharide. So interleukin-12 obviously plays a very significant role in Th1 responses, right? And although interleukin-12 suppresses interleukin-4 induced IgE production, as we just mentioned to you. It suggests that interleukin-12 and its, and its capacity to induce specifically Th1 cells might be capable of downregulating any potential 
in adults now, pathological TH2 hyperimmune responses. Now, in addition, decreased levels of interleukin-12 will inhibit maternal Th1 activity, which in turn protects the fetus during pregnancy. We didn't make that clear five minutes ago. Hopefully now you see this. So a suppression of interleukin-12 keeps the fetus protected from the maternal immune rejection response. Right? So we know that, that all of this system it can be conferred induced upon activating toll-like receptor 4 in a mid-88-dependent manner. And I can tell you that even when you have small amounts of interleukin-12, much lower concentrations than necessary to fully induce Th1 or Th2 cells to differentiate, smaller amounts than that, that will stimulate actually natural killer cells to produce interferon gamma. Now, together with the activity of the interferon gamma and the polysaccharide, you can lead to the activation of this transcription factor SP1 and its binding site in the P35 promoter, thus generating P35 and then the capability to make P70, which is interleukin-12, fully mature. Okay, so that has to do with that selective retailering of that nucleosome that I just mentioned to you. It's called NUC2. And again, it has a very specific region. This is going to be upstream from the transcription start. So it's called minus 310 to minus 160. Okay, so this is how the innate and the adaptive immune responses stimulate synergistically the production of interleukin-12. And that's the key feature. So the immaturity of the mononuclear cell compartment is what we want to talk about. And the low capacity of naive adult T cells to produce interferon gamma is directly associated with a hypermethylation of CPG islands for the promoter region of interferon gamma. Okay. So the idea is that a, when you're looking at LPS-induced interleukin-12 P70 synthesis in neonatal PBMCs, you're looking for impaired gene transcription specifically of interleukin-12 P35. And so they looked at, this paper looked at 387 nucleotide region, which covers minus 411 to minus 25. So it covers that NUC2 region we just talked about. Again, that's relative to the transcription promoter site for interleukin 12 P35, right? So they took that, they, a, an application of optimized conditions to generate interleukin 12 P35 promoter methylation profiles was allow, allowed them to find 34 unique CPG islands. And those islands were the ones that were being hypermethylated to control the expression 
of P35. So it's not until those that methylone is retailored via demethylation does P35 turn on. And the way that demethylation is triggered is via the LPS and the mediation of SP1, right? So while the intrinsic properties of T cells, which we've been talking about, contribute to that immaturity, can we say that is the same phenocopy of a deficiency you see in mature immune responses? This would be a hypoimmune response. When you're looking at other antigen-presenting cell-dependent T-cell activation. Okay, so that's an important question to ask. So you get qualitative differences in monocytes in utero in the developing fetus. And particularly as the third trimester, a phenotype for fetal and even now subsequent neonatal circulating monocytes has been evaluated via flow cytometry. And what we find is that human fetal monocytes express much lower levels of the major histocompatibility complex two. Now, what is that going to do? Remember what MHC does. It's going to impair professional antigen presentation because you have a deficiency in MHC class two. So you can't present the antigen. Therefore, you're going to have an effect on the potentiation of activation of T lymphocytes to generate ultimately ionoleukin-12, thus turning on a Th1 response, right? So the reduced inflammatory cell and Th1 cell polarizing fetal antigen-presenting cell activity is necessary to reduce the risk of an alloimmune reaction between mother and fetus. And the phenotypic and stimulus-specific functional immaturities now are well described to explain this inhibition of the alloimmune inflammatory response. Okay, so that's how all of that came out. So in human monocytes, priming of that interleukin-12 P53 synthesis is shown to rely on an alternative Tata box. Now, Tata box are common in uh, promoters. Okay, let me check my time here real quick. Oh boy, we're about two minutes away. Okay. Um, all right. So, an alternative Tata dependent promoter. So, a constitutionally active CPG endowed promoter region was identified five prime to that Tata box, okay? This was looking at EBV, virally transformed lymphoblastoids. Now, the difference in the CPG hypermethylation was not found between newborns and adults. Impaired nucleosome retailoring of newborn was found specifically preceding interleukin-12-P35 transcription, okay? 
So there wasn't a huge difference in hypermethylation in a general sense, but only very specifically at the CPG of the promoter for interleukin 12P35. This is just finishing out you know, the hypothesis, looking at the results, and then coming up with a discussion about it. So many aspects of transcription factor binding to relative cis-acting elements in that interleukin 12P53 promoter are similar in dendritic cells from adults to newborns. But the chromatin accessibility reveals that the LPS-induced nucleosomal retailering required for effective functioning of upstream SP1 transcription factor sites was what was substantially impaired, and only those sites, in the neonatal dendritic cells. So there gave you a nice healthy dose of an epigenetic control over a specific site in that promoter region. What site? The one that binds to the promoter known as, to the transcription factor called SP1. So you don't get global hypermethylation. You get very specific methylation of CPG islands proximal to the Tata box for the promoter for the P35, which will become, remember, the, the one component of the heterodimer is going to make P70, which is interleukin 12. And I'm telling you very specifically, the site is at the SP1 binding site. Right, that is methylate on the CPG islands. All right. I think that's good enough for today. Dr. Dan Guerra, Authentic Biochemistry Podcast, 23 December 2022, saying bye for now.